Hello, and you're listening to FP Cast, the podcast for fruitless pursuits where we bullshit about the week in pop culture. I'm Luke. And I'm Jacinta. And this week we're talking about. Throne games. Devil oh my boys, god. Rogans, ghost cats. Yeah. Mandalorians. Mm. What has happened since yeah. we, were, we were last on Demic? In fact, I, I feel like it's been a billion years since we've recorded one of these. No. Yeah, no, but it's two weeks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it's been two weeks, but it feels like. That's why I said feels instead of. Okay. It's clearly been a billion years since mm. we, we did one of these. The mm. time is uh, relative. Mm. Anyway, and uh, speaking of uh, relatives, we found out some interesting information at the Star Wars panel at Star Wars uh, Celebration. So I'm jumping straight into this. Yeah, good. Yeah, because I had a little segue. I thought I'd jump on that, ride it around yeah. for a little bit, yeah. keep my while, make sure I keep my balance. Mm. Uh, you but, don't fall off at all anymore. It's very good. No, no, no. But uh, yes, no. We are going to talk about uh, Star Wars Celebration. We're going to review Hellboy, uh, Long Shot, Pet Cemetery. We're going to talk about Bollywood movies for the What to Watch Challenge, yes. and we're going to do Fuck Your Game of Thrones. That's yeah. why I'm rushing into all of this shiz. Star Wars Celebration was on the other weekend. I stayed up to watch the live panel for Star Wars Episode Nine. Mm. Uh, we didn't have a title. We got a title. We got a teaser trailer. We also got a panel where no one was allowed to talk about anything. Mm. And uh, the older stars particularly rambled about not a lot mm-hmm. at all. Uh, but, you know, got to see uh, Daisy and John and Oscar and, and, and all that biz. And we found out it was called uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Everybody knows this by now. I'm just going to say that I am uh, unwaveringly excited. And uh, I think that this is going to be that necessary thing to give a little bit of perspective. Because this happens uh, with all the Star Wars trilogies, I think. Where people are very antsy, very keen for things to move forward and to get all the answers they wanted and everything. But it's really a three-chapter story, a three-act story, Mm. uh, which is part of a nine-act story. And I think there's going to be a lot here that's going to contextualise some of the things that fans have been really kind of worried about Mm. and upset about. And we'll we'll shed more light on that and, and then we'll hopefully be able to view the whole thing. With a bit of a a calmer mind, you know, there'll be certain things we look at where people before have gone, but how did this character do this? Or why are they doing this? And you go, oh, so that's why. Now I get it. So, uh, yeah, I'm Mm. uh, happy about that. Mm. Yeah. So so slow your roll, everyone. Just relax. Coming out of Christmas. Palpatine's back. Mm. Doing his evil laugh. Everyone's excited about that. They're conveniently forgetting that he was in the the three prequels that nobody likes. But, uh, Mm. yeah, he's back. Um, he's gonna cap it all off. Uh, we don't know who the Skywalker is. Is it uh, is it Ben? Is it Leia? Is it Ray? We've mm. been told there's more to her uh, origin than uh, we originally uh, were told. Which is to be fair, because you know they were kind of setting that up in Force Awakens. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A lot and of characters that... seem to be a bit wink nudgy about it. Yeah, and the fact that everyone 
is going, well, but Kylo said that, you know, she's nothing. Who the fuck's believing that guy? Yeah, he doesn't know shit. He doesn't know anything. Plus, he like, sucks. if it's a conspiracy, he's probably in on it. Yeah. You know? Because, like, his, his mum and dad would have been in on it. Because, mm. you know, when um, there's that bit where Han Solo goes to Maz in Force Awakens, yeah, look, uh, about the girl, the, the thing is, she's... And then we cut away. Mm. Yeah. God, it's almost like there's... Other questions to be asked. And, and answered. Yeah. 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 So, and, and yeah. some uh, dreamy Poe and Finn uh, action. And they're all going to be together. That's what I want. I want to see all yeah. those guys adventuring together. I, I, I like that the band's back together. A lot of what I didn't enjoy about uh, Last Jedi is they're all split up. There was a lot of time being spent in areas that I was really not interested in and I got bored. So now that everybody's back together... It's just going to be a lot more fun, I think. But that's the Empire Strikes Back thing, man. That's like when Empire Strikes Back came out, it was so tonally different to the sort of um, Mm. reckless fun of and campy fun of uh, Star Wars Mm. that a lot of people were like, oh, Mm. what's this? I didn't like it as a kid. I didn't either. Yeah. But then later in in context and knowing, you know, deep breath, there's more afterwards that, Mm. that, you know, takes Mm. it back. Yeah. I mean, it's a a good one because it's it's got the character development. It's got the character development that needs to be earned to make that third one hit. And I think that's the case now. Abrams has got that nice position where a lot of that character development's been done. Mm. Now, just fucking, he can relax and bring it home. This idea of the second Death Star showing up in the water there is not a new one either. If anyone's got the Force, uh, the Art of Force Awakens book, uh, and you have a look at the beginning there, basically when they started Force Awakens, they just got all these artists together and said, no story yet, just go with whatever the fuck you want. Let's just brainstorm, let's just put down whatever ideas. And there are paintings of the Empress Chamber submerged underwater and a female character swimming down to investigate it. So this idea of um, the second Death Star being explored and Palpatine's chamber being explored, uh, it was right there from uh, 2013. Mm. So um, no uh, good idea gets discarded, apparently. Mm. And I hope that, obviously, if they are on the, uh, the dead husk of Endor, which is, I assume, where they are, they'll uh, find a little band of disfigured Ewoks that'll come out and help them. Oh, yeah. Mm. What's cuter than an Ewok? An, an Ewok on crutches mm. with a missing leg. With, like, half the skin missing. Yeah. 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 Well, that oh. part's... Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Great. I'll buy it. You know I will. Uh, and we also kind of got to see the Mandalorian. I stayed up for that panel as well. And then they chose to black out the behind-the-scenes footage that they showed to the audience. Uh, didn't show the live stream. And then they uh, didn't mention the fact that they were showing an actual little trailer after the live stream. They kept it all uh, secret. But, of course, there were a lot of people there with phones in their hands. Mm. And uh, everyone who wanted to has seen bootleg footage. But, uh, yeah, it looks exciting. It looks like uh, something to appeal to the more old-school group that Mm. have trouble with boobs and things like that. It looks like, you know, man kill things. Mm. And uh, has some references to Star Wars Holiday Special. He rides a big dinosaur-y thing. Oh. He's got his two-pronged uh, weapon. There's a um, some crazy creatures in there. Like, there's a photo of um, a... Or a bit of production art for a... Um, I think they're called Blargs or Glargs or something. They're like big monsters with huge mouths and two legs. Uh, so, you know, lots of... Uh, familiar stuff in there again they've they've raided the archives everything mm. gets used eventually and um i'm i'm looking uh, i'm looking forward to that I, I 
I had a feeling like they weren't quite, quite ready. Like yeah. they're really going to be busy up and, you know, this, which is why we didn't, they didn't show anything to the wider public because uh, this stuff's just not finished yet. Yeah. And, Cause surely uh, is the Mandalorian's going to be one of the first things on Disney plus you would yeah, think. Yeah. I it mean, is. Yeah. It's, it's day of yeah. day of release. Yeah. Uh, so we're getting it in November. But, um, yeah, Favs is also making Lion King right now. It's finishing that off as well. Mm. So it's a busy period. Oh, did you... You didn't watch that trailer, did no, you? No, I didn't watch the last one. Yeah. Not so... Oh. Again, like, it, it, they're going to play the songs and we're going to go, oh, yeah, this is this is, this is is fun. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things, like the Aladdin trailer, where it's like, here's all the things you wanted to see. And it's like, okay, well, I've seen all that stuff now. And it's like... And the thing is, like, so many people that, like, you know, weirdly attached to... Like Scar is a villain, um, yeah. and then they show Scar the lion, and they're like, "That just looks like a shit lion. Like that's not Scar." Where's my boner? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Where's my awkward boner? Well, but didn't you feel, to an extent, that's kind of what we got with Beauty and the Beast in the trailers? Where you went, "Okay, yeah, I kind of see all this," but the joy of that film was actually watching the big musical numbers and watching the actors interpret them. And well, then yeah, but I think it is the performance of those actors like it's Luke Evans just going fucking batshit yeah. as Gaston and I just don't think you're going to get quite that same thing with um lions no but one of my favorite musical numbers in that is be my guest and that's a CGI candlestick mm. and a lot of plates and feather dusters and things and it's still pretty kick-ass so who knows mm. Mm. Oh, like, I'm still going to go and see The Lion King. Of course we're going to see The Lion King. Don't, you know. don't think we're not going to see The Lion King. Mm. Fuck. Mm. Of course we are. Mm. Gosh. Um, let's talk about some movies we did see, though. Okay. Starting with Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hellboy has just been critically panned. Everyone fucking hates it. I've heard that it's the worst movie of the year, so I went into this <laughs> thing with really low expectations and came out sort of going, no, there are worse movies. Like... Oh, yeah, for sure there are worse movies. I didn't particularly love... I didn't like Hellboy. I didn't come out of it going, I really loved that and would love to see it again. Um, but it was much better than I was expecting because I was expecting a humongous turd. I thought it was a blast. Like, I think it's so much fun because it's so packed with craziness. Like, it is actually very comic booky, which I think people want things to be very comic booky, mm. but then kind of shy away when mm. they are. I think people just don't know how to react to it. And I, th- I think a lot of the way people react is to tend to go... Oh well, th- this is silly, mm. and, and I don't want it. I don't want comic book things to be silly. But I'd so much rather see something like this than Venom, which just packs in so many different ideas and creatures, and you know, goes from one crazy environment to the next. Whereas Venom is like, oh, we're going to take this simple character, and we're going to—that's re- all you're going to get—and we're going to stretch it out. Mm. Like we're going to, you know, really try to ground it. So yeah, I, I, I think. I don't know. I don't know how the how the audience wants to be treated. Mm. But I just know I started watching this, and he fought a luchador who turned into a full vampire bat. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I'm not hating this. And then soon after, he was giant hunting with um, these like aristocrats mm. who uh, hunted giants and wore crazy costumes. And I was like, still not hating this. Mm. And uh, then it just sort of went from one thing to another. And then by the time like. The Baba Yaga was on the big screen with the fucking house with the chicken legs and stuff. I was like, this is... I want to see these things. I mean, I think if you were being introduced to the concept of Hellboy and you were just watching this, you might just think, uh, fuck, I don't know. And I don't think that... um, Mm, Like, my only exposure to Hellboy is really those 
the rom yeah. movies. That's all that I've had for Hellboy. And this, like, it was fun seeing all that stuff, but, like, every time anyone opened their mouths, they said, like, the dumbest thing they possibly could. Like, it was just really cheesy lines, and I, I didn't enjoy that side of things. Yeah, he, he wasn't a very charismatic character. No. Like, I, I think his dialogue wasn't great, mm. and um, he's certainly not pretty to look at. But he's not supposed to be pretty to look at. Like, you, you know, that's something mm. that's talked about in the film. He's uh, hung up about his own appearance. Uh, you know, he's wearing a fuck-ton of latex on his face and in stills particularly that looks pretty off-putting. But at the same time... There's one, there's one scene, I think, in the bar where he sort of had his head down and left, like his mouth was so unmoving yeah. and I was just like, oh, that, okay. But then, like, but, you, you know, know it's, it's one moment in a movie. After a while, I, I didn't worry about it. Like, I, I just... It just settled in. And that's the thing. Like, you can't have it both ways. People want practical effects and puppets mm. and makeup and stuff. And that is what <laughs> that stuff looks like. Mm. You know, that's it's kind of always a compromise. I guess you want an, ultimately want an effect where you don't even think about how it's done, whether it's prosthetic or CGI mm. or anything. You just uh, watch the story. But, um, yeah, I uh, I had a lot of fun. Um, I, I think it's, it was a bigger movie than I was expecting. And um, it's pretty metal. And if you've got an open mind and you like Hellboy, I'd, I'd give it a shot. Mm. Like, why not? I mean, okay, why not? Because you're going to be... Everyone's just going to be seeing Avengers now and they're not going to be seeing any other movie and uh, obviously you wouldn't prioritise anything else other than Avengers, so that's a lost cause. <laughs> Sorry, Hellboy, you're fucked. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like, if it comes up on Netflix or whatever, do check oh, it yeah, out. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Even if you don't love the the movie as a whole, the uh, there'll be an individual scene that you'll enjoy, surely. Oh, there's, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. I, I loved it, but... Uh, that's me. I enjoyed Lobster Johnson in it. He was cool. Yeah, uh, Lobster Johnson, to be fair, was the best part of it. When that when that section got going, I was like, oh, okay. And then it was like, no, no, now we're going back to the other stuff. And I went, oh, some great more stuff. Lobster Johnson. And, you know, there are some janky things, like there's some janky effects, particularly one that involved Ian McShane at some uh, point. Yes. Uh, you know, and it's just ridiculous and janky. But the concept is so fucking wild that mm. I'm just enjoying it. I'd rather see, like, a, I, I want to see an epic experiment. I want to see people throwing in all the crazy stuff. I hate it when comic book movies get really pared down from the essence of what they're mm. originally about. And it's like, you know, if I was going to pick up one of these books, I would find all these crazy things. And unfortunately, due to budget constraints, something like Umbrella Academy doesn't give us a, mm. a walking, attacking Eiffel Tower. But this Hellboy movie goes, yeah, we're going to do all those things. So, mm. yeah, fuck yeah. Comic books. Uh, we saw Longshot. What's Longshot? Uh, Longshot is the new comedy from Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, in which Charlize Theron plays the Secretary of State, who is going to be running for uh, president, and Seth Rogen plays a journalist who becomes her speechwriter. Uh, it's a, it's a rom-com. I hadn't, I think I'd maybe seen the trailer. I hadn't heard a huge amount about it. I hadn't heard any feedback. Uh, we got to go to a preview, so we thought, oh, fuck it, we'll just... Why not? And it is from the team of... Um, production team of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Yes. have given us This Is The End and a lot of yeah, other things that we've yeah, enjoyed yeah. And it was, over the years. I think there's something that the producers behind, like, Bad Neighbours. I think they had they had Bad Neighbours or something. Yeah, well, that's so, another so one that's what, that's what they're yeah. trying to uh, align it with, which I actually quite like, 
Bad Neighbours. It's a bit of a gross out, but at its heart, it does, is actually quite a feminist comedy. And um, so, you know, I went in with not huge expectations. Comedy can be so subjective that, yeah. you know, sometimes you go in and you're expecting good things and, and it just doesn't live up to your expectations. But uh, thankfully, this was a wonderful surprise. And it's one of those things that gets funnier as it goes, mm. which is a way a comedy really should be because you've got to earn those laughs. You've got to understand the characters and the dynamics. And then once you really care about everybody, that that's when the comedy can really yeah. hit. Whereas I think those comedies that sort of try to throw in gags right from the beginning can find it very mm. difficult to hit. Yeah. So for me, it had that um, quite enjoyable cumulative effect of something like Game Night where, yeah. you know, it, it, it sets up the pieces and it's amusing, but then you really mm. get your bigger laughs later on because yeah. you, you care about everyone and you know what the, the stakes are. Um, I think it's great because it, it's one of those things that, if you're de to deconstruct it, it does hit all the typical beats that you would expect a romantic comedy mm. to hit. Mm. But it does it in such a fresh, contemporary way that is really outwardly looking at the world around us mm. and all the political challenges and challenges for women and perception of women going into a role like that, um, what it's like for the man to not have as much power in mm. the relationship and for him to be um, basically a, a, the potato in the relationship when she's a, a very desirable, powerful mm. woman. You know, I, I think that a lot of romantic comedies present this quite insular fantasy. And this was, um, you know, further reaching than that. And I appreciated that. Mm. Um, I, I think it's just, it's proof that comedy doesn't have to be punching down quite as much as it seems to be. Like, you know, there's things like this... Versus, I don't know, Paul Blart Mall Cop or something like that. You know, like, this just seems so much smarter and fresher. And it's not, you know, people will say, oh, like, feminist comedy. It doesn't even feel like it's trying to go too hard in that direction. It just feels effortlessly contemporary and inclusive and finger on the pulse. And it was very good. And it made me laugh a lot. And I think, you know, you're saying that... You know, in Hellboy, you saw a luchador that turned into a vampire bat. This, they turn up and fucking boys to men are there. And I'm like, this is for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it, yeah, it is organic and it is pretty even-handed. Um, I think, like, it's one of those things where, you know, you start to be trying careful about how you talk about it just because you know that there are people that are going to jump on the idea if it's political or about feminism or whatever, that they're going to have be, be, be crybabies about it. I don't think our audience is like that, so that's okay. No. And also, like, I just so don't give a fuck about any of those kind yeah. of reactions. Yeah. But I just think you watch Charlize Theron in her, like, bid for the presidency and you mm. just think, like, fuck yeah. And you mm. think that she's so funny in this movie as uh. well. She has some amazing, like, scenes that you just think, why the fuck would anyone get caught up about something like this ever or not want to include or not mm. want her to be part of this party, be yeah. it the, the fiction of the film or mm. just the film itself? Mm -hmm. Like, she's so much to fucking offer that mm. you think to, you know, to try to get women stamped out or relegated to the same old roles they played for all these decades mm. is just ludicrous like it would be it's people literally cheating themselves out of a really good time yeah. because um she's so great to watch the yeah. whole thing's great to watch and i think 
you know, yes, it's a Seth Rogen comedy and yes, you're getting a Seth Rogen comedy and you're getting those aspects of, you know, things that like there's some drug scenes in it, things that you're going to expect from Seth Mm. Rogen. But at the same time, full credit to those guys who their initial films weren't especially woke and some of their viewpoints Mm. and and ways that they address things weren't particularly um, progressive. But they have evolved over time, yeah. you know? And that's they, what people want, is for people to grow. Whether you learn. think it was a success or not, they're trying. Mm. And there are people like Kevin Smith that just haven't mm. tried. And there's a lot of people out there who have popularity by just appealing to that lowest common denominator and mm. appealing to those kinds of views that were held 10, 20 years ago and just playing to that crowd mm. as opposed to actually looking at the world we're in, looking at what people are interested in, what they care about, what what's relevant and mm. including and, and making other people a part of your mm. stoner dick jokes. Yeah. Though that said, if you're like behind on Game of Thrones, like significantly, this drops a mega spoiler for last season. There is a huge spoiler for the end of last season. They drop in this movie, and I was like, "Oh, damn, okay." Oh right, yeah, they, yeah, because yeah, they talk about yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, you shouldn't be behind in Game of Thrones. Yeah, for I know, fuck's sake. I know. But you, you still- unless you don't want to watch, like if you don't want, if you're not interested in Game of Thrones, fucking great. Yes, you, you shouldn't. Do, you should be behind. Yeah. But if you like Game of Thrones, what, do you, what the fuck are you waiting for? Yeah, I know. You also wouldn't. I, me personally wouldn't expect uh, to go into a movie like this getting spoiled for a TV show. But look, fine. I mean, I don't care. I don't care. I'm up to date. Yeah, but it's fucking Game of Thrones. Like, people count it down. People are like, if you, you know, if you're holding... The only people that are, like, only just suddenly binging it now mm. is because they just weren't old enough, essentially, uh. to watch it initially. Mm. I know of kids that are, like, teenagers that are now, like, binging it. Yeah. But adults, no, fuck you. It's your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. I saw, like, before uh, the new Game of Thrones episode dropped, people complaining that, uh, or oh, they're drip-feeding us the new series by only giving us one episode a week. And it's like, but that's how they've always done it. Like, forever. That's how TV has worked. Like, forever. Yeah, I, I can't state enough that I really don't give a fuck what people think anymore. Yeah. Like People are so dumb. Like, every may, time it, I think that I, I just, I've got people figured out, <laughs> just, they just surprise me again. And it makes it so hard to do this show, to be honest, because I just think, like, I, I, I just totally recoil now from other people's opinions on things. And I think that's a, a really bad way to feel because... I'm recording this. Like, I'm expecting that someone's going to listen to my opinions. And I think, like, well, they really shouldn't. (laughs) Like, we should all just stop. (laughs) But at the same time, like, I enjoy doing this with you. I definitely Mm. enjoy our movie trips and Mm. previews and things like that. And and I enjoy um, being able to occasionally fight the good fight or just, you know, to have a a contrary opinion Mm. about certain things. So I I do like that. But um, I've noticed that... uh, you know, Susanna were listening to a pop culture podcast in the other room and there'll be some guy going, um, I've just decided that, you know, look, the Star Wars sequels are fine, but they're, they're, they're not canon. They're, they're like expensive fan. F- and I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Like, wow. no, Imagine being that guy. Like, no one cares what you think, man. And like, it's not fucking about you. Mm. Like, I, I, I posted something on Twitter about... 
I probably wasn't going to stay up for the Star Wars panel because I'm old and tired and I was not going to be awake at 1am. And then someone replied, oh, people are excited for episode 9. And look, I didn't really like, you know, the Jedi one, but I still went in and I was just like, don't be that guy. Like, why the fuck are you being that guy? And if you're not excited... Why are you fucking trolling and commenting on all these things? Yeah. People do that all the fucking time. Have to come in and... I Someone on my Facebook page just like, Oh, look, I don't think I'm excited about... And sorry to this person if you're listening, but this was my reaction. I don't think I'm excited about them because uh, we were spoiled with actors in the original ones. Alec Guinness was too high a bar and no one else is, is like that. And it's really? like, one, you know, <laughs> fucking rose-coloured nostalgia. Like, yeah. I love, I've got rose-coloured nostalgia of, of youth. There are things I love, mm. but I'm, I'm, I'm realistic about what they were, mm. and, and I've seen them recently. Mm. So, yeah, so Adam Driver, Oscar Isaacs, they, they, John Boyega, mm. you know, they're not... I mean, I feel like Oscar... John Paul Gleeson, Andy Serkis... I feel like even just Oscar Isaac by himself has enough of a filmography behind him that suggests he's quite good at what he's chosen to do with his yeah, life. Yeah, and I, and I just have to snooze for 30 days. I yeah. just say no, because people are going to respond and they're going to agree with you and then it's going to be on my newsfeed all the time. Mm. And, I, and I just have to snooze you. You have to go away because I'm enjoying this thing. I mm. like this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm invested in this thing and I, mm. I want to have my own opinion of this thing Mm. that's mine Mm. and and I don't want to have to start talking about a thing by defending why I feel that way so yeah I I find it really difficult this is going to um obviously when we do the fuck here Game of Thrones we're going to do some spoilers yes so there's something I want to mention which isn't spoilery but ties into all of this Mm -hmm. and I feel like because there were some people that I saw through social media and stuff saying eh, about the premiere episode. Mm-hmm. Eh, yeah, eh, okay. I mean, like, um, literally every first episode of Game of Thrones has been a setup episode, but and, sure, and, and, after and, eight yeah, years, you yeah. haven't learned, but that's and, and, fine. And, um, you know, even like Vulture and, and, and people I know said, you know, some of it's a bit cringeworthy and stuff like that. And I'm like, the Fuller House is cringeworthy. Yeah. Like, are we really at that point where we're so jaded? That think about if people have seen that episode. Think about some of the, the things you saw. Think about some of the reunions. Characters that haven't been together since season, season one. one. Yeah, are, are together. Think of some of the sort of special effects scenes. We watch. You sent me the link to that behind the scenes. Yeah, footage. which was unreal. And when you actually understand how much work yeah. they put into this and what they do, yeah. it's like. You know, in terms of television, there's going to be before Game of Thrones and after Game of Thrones. Mm. It, it, it is so revolutionary. So, the idea that you could be just, eh, about something yeah. like that. And, and part of it, I think, is people self-insert themselves as almost a character in the story. So, when two characters that haven't seen each other for a long time, instead of going, watching that scene and going, fuck, this is so momentous for them. Mm. Like, and trying to imagine how this person is feeling and Mm. having empathy for that. They go, well, I've been around that character and that character for six years now. Come on, move along. Show me something I don't Mm. know. And it's like, no, it's not about you. It's not about... Your journey. It's their journey. It's the character's journey. You have to... If you can't put yourself in the world Mm. and you're just going, hurry it up, We've only got six episodes left. You don't want to fucking hurry it up. Like, I wanted to go as slow as possible. Narrative isn't for you. (laughs) Like, 
but I want dragon burn thing. And you know you're always going to get that episode that mm. go, makes you go, oh, fuck. But it has to be earned. Yeah. If it was just, oh, fuck off, oh, fuck after everything, it would be like Riverdale or something. Mm. You know? Like, it's not the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate to think there's a world where people aren't excited about Star Wars. I don't appreciate Mm. Game of Thrones. I mean, not those things specifically, whatever your fandom is and whatever mm. your thing is, but just, just the fact that we do have a very fucking rich smorgasbord of crazy and amazing things. Yeah, for sure. And the people that are making them do actually genuinely seem to, to really love them and care about them. Mm. And uh, if any of you have any creative blood in you, I know I do, I know I aspire to create things, it's fucking devastating to hear someone just go about something that is so well crafted and, mm. and, and lovingly put together. Because I mm. think if um, people think this stuff is dull, then I've got no hope of ever doing anything that means anything to anybody. Because, mm. um, yeah, people just have lost that wonder. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you want to find things that make you feel like you did when you are a kid discovering things for the first time. And I think we're bombarded with so many good quality things nowadays that we don't take as much time to, I guess, marinate in those things that we enjoy specifically. So, you know, your Game of Thrones is out and then there's Avengers and then there's going to be Star Wars and then there's the new Spider-Man movie and then there's just like, bah, 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 bah. And, you know, before it'd be like one big yeah. blockbuster a year and you'd get to kind of sit in it a bit more, but... Yeah, I'd, I, I, I don't know. I think people honestly. are guarded. I, I don't think they like to give an opinion until they sort of know what way the wind's blowing mm. on something, and then it's very difficult for them to. Mm. I mean, I find. I mean, I find it with me too. Like, I. I mean, I don't know if this is just a, a me thing, but I find it harder these days to get really excited about things. And so when I do find that little thing, like you know, a couple of. Years ago, I saw Great Wall, and I know a lot of people thought that was a massive piece of shit, but that got the brain chemicals working in a way that a yeah. lot of other shit didn't, and it was just magic. And when I find that, that's so exciting, but I'm finding that it's harder to find that thing no, these I days agree. for me. I, I agree. I'm the same, but that's not to say that I don't... You know, I wasn't excited about Hellboy going in. I yeah. wanted to wanted to see it, yeah. but I, I wasn't excited like yeah. I used to be about every time I saw a movie when I was a kid. Mm. But um, I came out and I, and I really enjoyed it. Mm. The, but the two things that do get me excited are um, not all Marvel movies by any shot, but mm. I am excited about Endgame um, mm. because it's going to... Because I don't know what it is. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm invested in that. I was watching Hulu last night and there was another uh, trailer that I hadn't seen with more footage that I hadn't seen. So I put my hand over my <laughs> eyes and just went... For about 30 seconds, because I'm like, I don't need this, no! But most of all, for me, I am excited about Star Wars. I was really giddy leading up to that Episode Nine reveal. I sat there mm. tensely waiting, and I, and I felt, like, kind of sick, because I just wanted to see it straight away, and I wanted to know what it was about, but I also mm. was dreading hearing what other people thought about it, because mm. it's just become so negative again. Yeah, and I think I'm not, like, uh, as super psyched for, for Star Wars... Not because of any, like, super bad negative things. Women shouldn't be in Star Wars or anything like that. Just because I think that um, The Last Jedi was just a very sobering personal moment for me that, like, not all Star Wars is going to make me feel like Star Wars did when I was a kid. And that's just a personal thing 
for me, and I know that I'll probably see this next one and it will make me feel like uh, Return of the Jedi did again, but it just has dulled it back a couple of steps for me, personally. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, I don't know. The past is never a, an indication hmm. in the same well, way that, you know, if, like people pull shit out the bag all the time, you know. It's like, if I have a bad steak, I'm not going to be worried about future steaks. I'm going to try each steak. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. But, you know, the last time was the first time that I'd kind of gone, come out of Star Wars movie going, hmm. Which, you know, I, I recognise that is a issue with me and not with the film, which is, I think, the difference between me and 90% of the internet. Mm. I'm not blaming the movie because I felt a bit, at the end of it. And I'm still going to see the new one. Mm. obviously, mm. but just that excitement factor is dialed back a couple of notches to what it was before going in to see that second movie. Mm. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I think it's always different teams, different circumstances, different response to, to different things in the world. Like, I, I do think that um, in, in terms of that 90% you're talking about, th- there was a big alt-right kind of backlash, mm. which sort of ruined it. Mm. And I think Mark Hamill himself really fucked it up mm. by um, being so outspoken against it because he was something that the old fans could latch onto, whereas those initial reviews were, were incredibly positive mm. and then um, people started to, to turn. So mm. there's so much about what's happening in the, the world as well that affects and, and also the people that are you know making it. And I'm sure... Uh, for example, that some of the decisions in this new one will be made specifically to kind of retcon or fix up or explain mm. things that people are worried about. Mm. But but even then, what I don't take seriously about that, and I, and I wonder why people have the urge to do that, is because I think so much of it's self-explanatory. Like, I've had to argue with kids, and I argue with kids a lot, um, <laughs> about, like, you know, well, how can Ray use a lightsaber? That's ridiculous. It's like, well, you know, it's not the people can't, like, use a sword or something. Hmm. It's just they don't because they have guns. It's a gun culture. It's hmm. like, you know, how our armies now aren't all trained swords people. They hmm. shoot with guns. But she fought with a staff hmm. all her life, and we saw that she was very proficient in that. And, and you know, I would assume... I'm not a, you know, swordsman or anything, but I would assume there's a lot of striking, blocking, mm-hmm. defending, etc. A, a lot of things that uh, could be applied to a different stick hmm. you are holding. And then you add in the whole force and everything else on top of that as well. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's there. It's there. Like, just fucking open your eyes. Stop reading some what someone else said. Like, fucking, what is it, Max Landis saying Mary Sue, so now every time StarWars.com <laughs> posts a picture of Ray, mm. it's just a thousand comments of a guy saying Mary Sue. Mm. Like, one, you didn't even fucking come up with that. Two, every single male hero you have ever seen in a film ever mm. is a fucking Mary Sue. Because I, I guarantee you that uh, Tom Cruise can't do all those things that you accept him doing uh, all the time. And, and so it was like fucking Max Landis, who was such a foul, toxic human being that he was chased off the internet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you're just going to parrot that? It's like if you can't challenge yourself with coming up with your own fucking idea, then how the fuck are you going to challenge me? Like, no one is. No one's going to fucking challenge me by parroting some bullshit they saw on a YouTube video. And that's why I do this, so that you can parrot my bullshit instead when people are talking about, <laughs> talking about this. 
uh, yeah, look, what a can of worms. Oh, we're talking about uh, Longshot. It's mm. great. Loved yeah, it. It, was, it was really, really good. And I really I enjoyed it. Four stars. Highly, yeah, I gave it four stars too, uh, and I would highly recommend it. Uh, but it's going to get lost in amongst the Avengers, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you're not feeling like sitting in a sold-out cinema in the next couple of weeks, go see Longshot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it ha- yes, Longshot, a uh, very apt name, but uh, again, watch it on Netflix. Mm. And uh, I saw Pet Cemetery with Zach and Paris because you won't see any horror films. That's correct. And uh, this one uh, I quite enjoyed too. Mm. I-, I thought it was very effective and um, creepy. And it has been pretty mixed reviews for it. And I think that ultimately, you know, once it's all done and dusted and you look back at it, there's not a massive amount to it. Mm. But uh, the way it's constructed I, and, and performed and put together i thought it was really effective and um i quite enjoyed the the journey it's it's fun to see a horror movie on the big screen and um there are a lot of shitty horror films out there so Mm -hmm. yeah i I quite i quite enjoyed it um it's you know the the same story that we're all familiar with a couple of little bits um sort of uh taken out for the this version as opposed to previous versions but um moves along pretty quick and uh yeah I like the cat. Cat's name's Church, and he's a zombie cat, and he's awesome. Cool. So, yeah. you got, uh, you know, he's not going to beat uh, old What's-His-Face, Goose, as the, everyone's favourite cinematic cat mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, bloody gave it a shot. Good on him. Good on you, Church. Mm. Blood legend. So, uh, yeah. But again, no one's going to watch it, because uh, <laughs> Endgame, so who cares? Uh, well, we, we want to talk about Game of Thrones, but we better do our What to Watch challenge first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now... The theme for April is Bollywood leading ladies. Yeah. And um, there's going to be some pronunciation challenges here. But uh, our first one had to be a film starring Sridevi. Mm-hmm. And what did you watch? Uh, I watched a film called Zero. Now, I, I had said last week that all of my uh, four movies... In order to, because like Bollywood is such a humongous yes. industry. Yeah. Even if you're wanting to find a Shridevi movie, she's been, you know, she's done like nearly 300 movies. How do you how do you narrow any of yeah. that down? So, I decided to choose movies with uh, Shah Rukh Khan in them, which he's in every fucking movie as well. So that just made things a little bit easier. Uh, Zero was one of the only films that they did together, I think, which was last year, and I think it's her last film before she died. So, um, this is the... I think he plays... She plays his mum, which is an interesting sort of gender age thing because he's in his 50s. She was in her 50s. Yeah. Yet, he's playing like a 30-something-year-old and she's playing his mother. He's timeless, isn't he, though? He's pretty timeless. Yeah. Uh, He hasn't changed much in the the last sort of 30 years, so... Um, but, yeah, she only has quite a small role in this. And it's about... Uh, Shahrukh Khan's character is um, a small fellow, a small statued fellow. St- statured. Statured. Yeah. He might have small statues. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know. There's Zero merchandise is flying yeah, yeah, yeah. off the shelves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and his family's rich. He's kind of an asshole, And he he wants to find a girlfriend... But also, no girl is good enough for him. So he goes to his dating agency, and the dating agency's like, we have, like, shown you every girl that we have. You've said no to all of them. And he's like, well, what about this girl? And holds up a picture. And 
decides that he wants to go and meet her, but it turns out that she is uh, in a wheelchair and she has a disability, like, they don't say anything, but it's probably like Sarah Balls or something like that, played by an able-bodied actress, which is a whole nother can of worms. And his sort of thing is, like, she rejects him because she's, like, a fucking astrophysicist kind of super genius who works at, uh, it's like NASA, but it's N-S-A-R, so it's NASA. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and um, she rejects him and he's like, what? But you're in a wheelchair. How can you reject me? I'm so great. And she's like, oh, for fuck's sake. So this is a movie from 1977, right? <laughs> no, this is a movie from last fucking year. And it's so bad. Well, it's not it's like, I don't know. I enjoyed it, even though everything about it was really fucked up. Um, the singing, because it's Cheryl Kahn, there's singing dancey interludes and those were pretty fun and I really enjoyed those the last half hour of the movie just goes in a completely different direction than I ever suspected it was going to it was just like well I'm going to win this girl so I'm going to become a fucking astronaut and go to Mars that's how the movie ends and I'm just like what the fuck is this journey I have been on and it was pretty great but awful but pretty great I watched the um, second highest grossing film of 90 in India of 1984 or 2 I think Uh it was 4 Nagina. Uh-huh. I assume it's pronounced Nagina. It's uh-huh. about, like, vagina with an N on uh, yeah, the front. Yeah, yeah, And, uh, yeah, sort of like an uncle dude that he's originally going to marry that guy's daughter. Mm-hmm. And then he falls in love with the snake guy. And the, this benevolent, lovely uncle then becomes this vengeful, I'm going to kill your entire fucking family mm-hmm. guy. And he keeps setting up ambushes and fights and people with machine guns who then get picked off by snake bites. Uh-huh. Um, you mentioned little people. There's yeah. a little person in this film. Yeah, okay. um, there's a comic relief character who's always talking about how his uh, wife is really fat, which uh-huh. is pretty funny because she eats a lot of food. Uh-huh. And um, this little guy is a photographer and he gets up and he's trying to take a photo. Mm. And he's like, I can't take a photo. You won't all fit in the frame. And mm. the guy's like, what? Let me have a look at that. And then he ends up picking up the little guy mm. and he goes, you midget, you mosquito. And he throws him at the fat lady yeah. who goes, oh, he's raping me. And uh-huh. then she holds him up against, uh, up above her head, spins him like a pizza and mm-hmm. body slams him uh, out of the frame yeah, and he's cool. never seen again. Yeah, right. um, and the, c- comedy. Comedy, yeah. yeah. Pretty funny. Actually, I just looked up on um, her letterbox to double check who Sridevi did play and it wasn't the mum. She just had a cameo at a party. Okay. There, there was a party at the end with all these, like, celebrities. Oh, no, like, about halfway through with all these celebrities and stuff, and she was just at the party. Oh, well, she's the... So she didn't even have a fucking role, really. Well, she's the uh, full snake lady in this one. Yeah. And I've got to say, like, she is lovely. Huh. She's absolutely mesmerising. Her performance is really strong. There's this, like, priest dude that looks like Mola Ram out of Temple of Doom <laughs> that has these um, standoffs with her where they just stare at each other and mm. it's actually genuinely riveting. Mm. But the guy, the love interest, mm. looks like he's made out of bread. <laughs> he looks like um, Uncle Joey with a bad dye job. Okay. Um, and he wears, she's wearing the most fabulous clothes mm-hmm. and he's just wearing them like basically the teal windbreaker that, uh, oh, Seth yeah, Rogen yeah. wore in long shot. Yeah. Um, he's wearing a lot of really bad clothes. Uh-huh. She, he's, she's completely out of his league. Yeah. 
And you realise that's got to be why they arrange marriages. Because mm-hmm. if the women were in control of this, none of these <laughs> dudes are getting married. Mm-hmm. He's got hair, which it's not like a wig, but it looks like there's hair sitting on top of his hair. Okay. Yeah, like he's been wearing a cap mm-hmm. and his hair's been inhabiting okay. all of that cap. Yeah. And then he took the cap off and it's still like this cap mould on okay. top of his head. Yeah, right. Uh, really unappealing dude mm. and a really unappealing lady. Mm. Um, I don't know what to think of it. I, it, it was entertaining. Mm. I can't say that it was good. <laughs> okay. And then the second film, we had to some a uh, film starring Kajol. Uh-huh. K-A-J-O-L. Yeah. Uh, I watched a movie called uh, Diwale. Diwali, I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, it's not K-hole, is it? No, like, no. like with the J as a... I, I don't think so, no. Um, could be worse. could be C-hole. It could be. Um, and this was a sort of romantic drama where the two um, children of opposing mob bosses sort of fall in love and through a misunderstanding... Uh, end up being torn apart and then 15 years later their younger siblings fall in love and they have to kind of rediscover all this, you know, pent-up emotion and why they hate each other and all this stuff. Um, It was rad. Like, everyone in this movie was so good-looking, like, disgustingly good-looking. And Kajol plays the, uh, like, the older sister, um, like, Sharot Khan's love interest and then there's the younger two. Um, who fall in love as well. And it's just like the song sections are great. You know, it's just, yeah, it was, I, re- I really actually genuinely quite enjoyed this one. Unlike uh, Toonper Cast Superhero, which I've watched, mm. which is a um, animation live action hybrid in mm-hmm. the style of, I won't say Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I'll say Cool World or okay. Space Jam, but yep. even then, not so much. Mm hmm. It's about a star who's, a, like, an action star, and he does yeah. all these stunts, but his kids are like, oh, Dad, you're just a fake star, because that's mm-hmm. all fake, you dickhead. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? Well, you watch all these fake cartoons, and then the cartoons hear that he's a hero, and they kidnap him and take him to their animated Ooh, world okay. so mm-hmm. that he can defeat the evil guy that's uh, taken over that king. Mm-hmm. And he has to do tasks, and then his family get involved. Mm-hmm. And um, the animation is not good. Okay. It's oh, CGI really? animation. Yeah. It looks like one of those bootleg Finding Nemo kind of movies <laughs> okay. that All you right. uh, see in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the characters are really unattractive too. And a lot of weird stereotypes. There's a fat Elvis guy and a sumo mm-hmm. wrestler guy and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And a nutty professor guy. Mm-hmm. And um, it's fucked. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. cool. Okay. Which is weird because there is actually money put into like the live action action sequences yeah. and there's some pretty good integration when the cartoon characters are in the live action world. Mm. And when the guy goes into the cartoon world, like he really sells it. Like mm. he really sells like he's interacting with all these people. Mm. And yet it looks like the animation was done by someone at home for like a couple of bucks. Mm. It's uh Pretty fucking bad, actually. Yeah, it's not okay. a good movie. Yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah. Oh, and it's from about 2009 or something. Okay. Um, don't mention it's shit. Yeah. I feel like you've made some bad choices in Bollywood Month. Uh, 
yeah. Look, it's going to get a little bit better next week when we do um, the next one. But, uh, yeah, so so far not so good. Mm. Uh, and Nagina was okay. Okay. But um, I still wouldn't say it was a, a good movie mm. or a subtle movie mm-hmm. or a particularly sophisticated <laughs> movie. It's... Um, but yeah, it, it's it's uh, something. Yeah, I think Bollywood is really for you or not for you. I know. I, I don't want to like... be careful. I don't want to make judgments about a whole thing based on well, four movies I've seen now at the time yeah. of recording. Um, you know, so you, you got to poke around. There's a definitely bit. sort of uh, tropey type things that would really not that don't really go over well uh, for Western audiences. I think I, I got introduced to all this stuff like quite a long time ago through you mean friends. Like the homophobia and racism. No, just the. <sighs> Like the like the song and dancey sort of oh, stuff, but, fine. The, but the cheese. The, I accept all that. That's fine. But the cheese and the non-subtlety and the quite superficial nature of, of quite a bit of it. But it's um, a different style of performing, particularly for it the is, men. It's, it's very, quite it's very over the top. Yeah, and um, something dramatic happens, and there's and like, like this <gasps> huge sting, and yeah. they, you know, eyes pop out of their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no it's a it's a fun adventure. Um, and I know, look, I'd like to watch more as well beyond these four because, as I said, you know, you, you've got to dip your toe in. A, mm. a, well, not just dip your toe in, you know, put your whole foot mm. in and, and maybe your legs. And, mm. um, maybe they'll get bitten off, maybe they won't. That's a chance you take. Too cold on your balls, then maybe you can, <laughs> you can disappear. Uh, all right, we're going to talk of spoilers for Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 1. So if you uh, don't want a bar of that, uh, nice knowing you. Thanks for listening. You can go to fruitlesspursuits.com to find out everything else we're doing, including uh, Dungeons & Drongos podcast uh, that I DM. And um, you'll find links to our Facebook discussion page. I'd love to hear from you there. Uh, social media, Patreon, all that stuff. So um, we would love to uh, have your support. And uh, if you don't want to be spoiled for Game of Thrones, fuck off now because spoilers start now. So yes, it's a setup. Yeah. But these things should feel like a novel. Every chapter of a novel, unless you're reading Dan Brown or something, Mm -hmm. isn't a you know, big beginning, middle and end. Like, it's not a Riverdale or a mm-hmm. episode of Buffy or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you need to, you need a refresher of where everyone is. You mm. need to arrange the pieces and, um, you know, you need to earn the stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, I went into this episode thinking, I don't need to watch any recap shows. I know where what what's yeah. going on. I don't need to rewatch episodes, you know, season seven. I'm all good. And then I spent probably the first 15, 20 minutes of that episode going, where the fuck did they pick Gendry up from? Is Jorah with them? Why is this person here? What's going on? So I ended up, after the episode, had to go back and watch, like, half season seven to work out where everybody came from. The only main lingering question for me was I kept thinking, where's Jamie? And then, of course, he shows up at the end, and then I was like, oh, that's right. He was um, with Cersei. Yeah. He 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 left Cersei, yeah, because he wasn't, wasn't agreeing with her. No, and she ended up uh, spending the night with Urine Greyjoy. Which is very smart on her uh, part, because obviously she's carrying Jemay's baby, and if she has sex with Urine, Urine, she can say, well, it's his. Yeah. And it comes out blonde, and he goes, well, you know, maybe just my blonde jeans are very strong. The old switcheroo. Yeah. 
Yeah. So no, I look. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, for um, sure. I, I definitely. It felt good to be back. Mm. And um, you know, there were some big reuniting things. John mm. found out that huge bombshell about who he is, yeah. which uh, is going to complicate things further. But yeah, I, I and there's been a lot of people talking about. Well, there's been people talking about the Game of Thrones episode. How shocking! No, um, I won't hear it. <laughs> You know, saying that that information is probably not going to change that much, mm. especially for Daenerys, who her family has no issues with sleeping with relatives and yeah. marrying relatives and stuff like that. And uh, people have been saying, I saw an article the other day, which was so dumb, saying that the scene where John rides the dragons wasn't given enough. Um, you know, wasn't dealt with in a big enough way. Like, that should have been a really big moment for that character because only um, those with uh, Valerian or Targaryen blood or whatever can ride dragons. So that should have been the moment when they realised that he's a Targaryen. But I actually really liked the fact that it was underplayed, that they just went, oh, yeah, he can get on the dragon and go. Well, he hung on. Yeah. And he, he survived hanging on. Yeah. Well, the, the idea is that if they're not worthy of the dragon, the dragon will kill them. Yeah. So would it's he, not... Would he know a lot of that? Uh, he wouldn't, As a bastard in Winterfell? He wouldn't, but the idea is that she should. There's no reason why she shouldn't yeah. know that. But then there's the other thing. It's like, maybe she did know, and that was her test. And at the end of the day, she doesn't she, like. She doesn't care. She doesn't give a shit whether she's related to this dude or not. I, I just think I don't know the way it was played for me. Not thinking about those things mm. because I'm, you know, just looking at what is presented in the episode. Mm. I think it was like a big moment in terms of um, how it played out. Mm. Like uh, it's an impressive moment. Mm. You know, when you think about again where we came from and the fact that we're watching a TV show, and then you watch the behind the scenes and you see all the um, footage there helicopter and drone footage and everything mm. they're taking for that mm. and um, all the motion rigs and everything. Like, I, I think it was a significant um, bit of development. Mm. But I felt like rather than, oh, he's got... I, I always felt that she was still in control of both dragons to a degree. Like, mm. they're her dragons and they're letting him ride because she's mm. he, she's with him yeah. and points him in that direction. Mm. So... Um, Rather than, oh, here's John, now he's taking control of it all. I felt like, well, that dragon is is following her commands. Mm. So um, that that was, like, my interpretation without thinking further on, mm. you know, how, how it all, how dragons function. Mm. Yeah, I have seen people say, but, uh, you know, if it was just a matter of Daenerys consenting to somebody getting on that dragon... It would have been pretty handy to chuck Grey Worm up on a dragon and they would have had a lot of uh, battles dealt with a lot quicker. So, you know. But does she need someone on a dragon to deal with battles quicker? Maybe. I think I the know. dragons just go and fuck shit up themselves, whether they've got someone hanging on them or not. It was mm. like a fucking tick hanging off a <laughs> dog. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. about that. Oh, yeah, like, you know, I, I'm not as... Like, I haven't read the books. I'm not like that into dragon lore that I really give a shit about who rides the dragons or not. No, and look, I think all that's fine. And Star Wars gets all that stuff as well because there are certain people that that's just how their their brain kind of works mm. and, and what they want to know. And, and that's mm. the sort of thing that when these are released as books, mm. you know, you'll be able to wallow in that 
mm. as much as you like. But I think there's got to be something very um, economic and accessible mm. about TV and the, and the way that this stuff is shown and the way that they need to advance things. Mm. And um, I'm glad that we can just live in the moment of him mm. hanging on and, and, and flying this thing and that sensation of flying rather than have someone exposition to us what mm. dragon's like mm. um you know i think there are the sort type of person that always wants that exposition and, mm. and i don't think it's a, a wise way to make television mm. or films uh i love speaking of economy i really love the economy and, and the narrative choice of the beginning i think the beginning is beautiful to mm. show it through the perspective of this kid mm. to show him sort of running along and trying to get a vantage point and then climbing a tree and then seeing that vast mm. army and having that childlike wonder about it which i think ironically is the thing that critics of it are missing mm. and missing this idea of like seeing something like this for the first time and going fuck look at what it must mean for these people of Winterfell to see the unsullied march into this desolate place yeah and you forget that you know we've spent seven seasons or whatever with dragons but Arya hasn't Sansa hasn't and yeah. so to see there see Arya's face when she was all you know, so excited about dragons, like yeah. in season one, to her to actually see these dragons, it was such a huge moment. And this land of dark-haired, beardy, brick shit houses and fur <laughs> yeah. coats, seeing this um, pale, white-haired yeah. yeah, you know, mm. like that's so... And where so to be an audience member, who's sitting there going, oh, we've seen this before, who cares? Yeah. It's like, no, that's not what that scene's about. Mm. And then that extra sort of one-two punch of this kid being... <laughs> an actual like lord that they have you know that's the situation in that's the reality and that's why Daenerys's arrival is so much more significant because um they're getting raked over the coals by kids Mm. it's a fucking playground in there it's like an Ikea ball pit Mm. no we're not having it then the kid gets fucking burnt at the end in a Mandela of uh, amputated body part. Yeah, which is not dissimilar to the uh, Targaryen shield, which uh, might be the Night King sending somewhat of a message there. Yeah, it reminded me of um, sort of grotesque displays in, uh, like, Annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, fuck yeah. And the dude got his flaming sword out. Like, what more do you want? Yeah, the bit where they're, like, going into that really fucking dark cave where they can't see anything, and they're like, oh, God, we have no idea what could be in there, and suddenly it's like, fire sword. It's like, why didn't you use the fire sword when you were going into the dark cave where you couldn't see anything? Because fire produces light and vision. Maybe it has a duration. Yeah, maybe. No, I don't know. I don't know the, the, the intricacies of fire sword, man. Don't even know his name. That'll be in the book. Yeah. I think his name's... Uh, Not Tormund. Flame Blade. Flame Blade. I enjoyed seeing oh. Tormund. I, there wasn't enough Brienne. She was only there for like two seconds. Uh, I enjoyed Jorah, obviously. I hope Jorah has a very nice time this season and definitely doesn't die and definitely doesn't sacrifice himself uh, for Daenerys, which would suck so hard. The Badger Man. Oh, Davos. I was actually watching another TV series uh, that he was in, and he's meant to be a villain and this awful guy, and I was just like, oh, sexy banjo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come and get me a cuddle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. The only thing was that I was, you know, they're like, oh, they're going to be movie-length episodes, and then it wasn't. It was like 54 minutes or something. I think that'll happen later. Yeah, he, he does. They get longer and longer as the season goes on, but I... I've, 
I don't know, for whatever reason, I thought that every episode was going to be like an hour and a half. So I finished and I'm like, oh my God, that's the quickest hour and a half ever. And I looked and went, oh, it's only been like 50 odd minutes. Yeah. Um, it left us hungry for more. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And um, poor Jamie rolling into Winterfell going, right, I'm doing the noble thing. I'm here. I'm going to fight for, for you guys. And then there's Bran there going, what up, motherfucker? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jamie's yeah, about yeah. to have a real bad day. Yeah. Well... Yeah. yeah, I don't know, what, what's Brown going to do, roll over his foot? Yeah, I think a lot of people were saying, like, is there no um, wheelchair ramps in Winterfell because Brand's just sitting out in the courtyard yeah, for the whole episode. Yeah, shit. Yeah, because he hasn't got a hoard to carry him around anymore. I hope he wogs Jamie's dick. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Or gives him diarrhea, like in that movie we saw. <laughs> Yeah, that was on that was on TV a couple of weeks ago. I watched it again. Yeah. Oh, it was not good. Um yes, I I really enjoyed the first episode. I just you know, it's been two years. I love seeing these guys again. All I'm gonna say is you're lucky to have it, and you're lucky to have us. Tinkity tonk.